Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening. And blessings. And welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom Estate. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author, Leslie Gist, and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people past and present, black and white, who, with faith and focus, are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Good evening, everyone. My name is Preston Washington. I'm your host this evening for the Gift of Freedom. My guest tonight is the extraordinary educator, LaVon Hunter. LaVon Hunter earned her dual BA in South and Special Honors Curriculum and Master in Secondary Adolescent Education and Biological Sciences from Hunter College. She trained as a research scholar in neurobiology. Ms. Hunter has served as a science learning coordinator of the Minority SS to Career Program, coaching Mark scholars, and taught the fundamentals of biomedical research to undergraduates two years before teaching adolescence. She's celebrating her 11th year in the New York City classroom. Ms. Hunter currently teaches 8th grade science in the Bronx. Good evening, Ms. Hunter. Good evening. Thank you for having me on. Well, I'm so glad that you could uh, join us. Um, <laughs> I understand that over the last three years, you've spearheaded various outreach uh, events uh, to showcase students as experts uh, and provide curriculum and science enrichment for parents. Mm-hmm. Understand they call you Coach Hunter. Tell us a little bit about that adolescent yes, program. Sure thing. So, um, so I teach science in public school. Uh, for eight years, I taught all girls in East Harlem and Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And then... Um, for two years, I taught all boys in the Bronx. This is my first year teaching co-ed students. So so um, it, it's very telling. Um, but one thing that hasn't changed about students and our people and our children is their desire, and I would argue their need to show off what they know and who they can be, being given the opportunity to receive some love from the community for having come from a place of not knowing to a place okay. of knowing and creatively showing that they know. Um, so that's what I think we need more of in the classroom until we can completely shift the paradigm of 
public education, right? As long as the schools are open and the majority of the children are in those schools, they need to get the best. So how can we put them in the teacher's shoes and give them opportunity to teach and therefore master their learning process? So that's my approach. Mm -hmm. I see. Now, I heard you say that you have taught in various settings, all girls, all boys, and co-ed. Which of those have been the most rewarding experience, or may I ask which of those have the students, do they do better if they're separated by gender, or they do just as well if they're in a co-ed classroom? It's such an interesting question. Um, and I'm really glad you asked because I think we've come so far from our traditional roots, right, our traditional African roots, um, of, of receiving training at some point early on in our development where we're we're exclusive, right, based on our biological sex. Not so much gender, but if you're born a female, you are with females, and you're taught and trained how to be a woman by women. Um, and the same is true for males. So, I, so I'm a strong supporter of single-sex education, but being in the classroom for years in these paradigms has definitely reinforced that initial belief because the students have the capacity to, to really just focus on the learning. And it and maybe it sounds, I don't know, maybe it sounds pat or, or unbelievable, but um, mm-hmm. the girls especially they shine. They shine. You know, we, we we live under the fallacy that girls can't do math or girls can't do science. And, you know, there's a lot of stereotype threats around that. But I was there. And um, I'm a young woman of color. I'm declared an African, um, born and raised in America, you know, struggling to find and maintain and assert my identity. Um, but I understand that science is language, like any other. And if it's taught to you in a way that you can understand, you can make sense of it. And that's what we were able to accomplish in the classroom with all girls. I had some of the really the the most powerful experiences as a coach um, in that environment. And I missed the girls a lot. You know, I taught taught all boys after that because there's a need. There's a need in our community to uplift our young men and to help them be experts and to speak in that language and to, to do calculations and to feel confident about it. This is as much as they can have swag about all the other things they think are important. They can have a sense of ownership and pride in doing the heady thinking and the scientific writing, but we have to take the time to train them. Um, so I was able to accomplish some, some really amazing things with, with the support and the cooperation of um, young men I taught two years ago. There were seventh graders and um I, I'm I'm a, a neurobiologist by training. Um I really was able to, to, to learn and understand biochemistry, work in a neurobiology lab, understand the brain, um, and understand that that I'm a learner and, and, and I'm a learner first and and I'm a black woman kind of second. And if I am given exposure I can do great things. And the same mm-hmm. is true for our students. It's just about not knowing, right? You you don't know what you don't know until you know it's there. And you don't know that yeah, it can be yours. 
until you see it, right? Um, exactly. So that's that respect. That's that respect. I understand there are a couple of quotes that you uh, have garnered your inspiration from. Would you share that with our listeners, those two quotes? Sure. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of our innovators of color. Um, and it's one of the first things that the students learn in, in, in my classroom. We spent three weeks on understanding why the world is black, all the, the advancements that, that are still being used today, the names of the people and the inventions. And one of my personal favorites is George Washington Carver. He has many quotes, um, and he makes clear his own inspiration. But one of the most powerful that keeps me going now is he says, start where you are with what you have, make something of it, and never be satisfied. And for years, I've tried to understand, why did he add that on the end? Never be satisfied. But as a coach and as a parent now, I understand that you, you can't rest on your laurels, right? You mm-hmm. you set out on a mission to do something that hasn't been done before, like get seventh graders to um, do biomolecular modeling programs are in, that are in, um, you know, famous private schools in New York, like Dalton, and you know, that are really for high school students. But to get seventh grade young men in the South Bronx to do it, but that's not enough, right? You don't you don't rest. You're never satisfied. You go where no one else wants to go, um, and you try to do the same thing there. So I think um, that's the quote that keeps me from from getting too comfortable. And so I'm I'm really thankful that he gave us that. Yes. And, and tell us the about the other one is. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. The other one. Do you want me to no, tell you about the other one? Yes. Okay, please. that one gets me in a lot of trouble. That one gets me in a lot of trouble. Um, so it goes, the problem with the U.S. educational system is that it rewards students for answering questions they never asked. Mm. And I get in a lot of trouble for that. But um, administrators, other teachers, we're in a testing culture, right? Your intelligence is determined by your numbers on all these standardized tests. And if you're not a good test taker, you're not an intelligent person, right? Um yeah. That connection is very tight in the minds of many people who hold the purse strings, et cetera. And to argue from another place that, you know, we're forcing kids to learn a language that we haven't proven them will help them, right, like science and math, right, until we show them that you need it and it's applicable to life and it can help you advance. So why should they listen? Um, and we have them learn things that they inherently don't care about and answer questions they haven't asked. Wow. So one yeah. of the um one of the ways that I that um and it's, these ideas are not original to me. These are ideas that Dr. Ian McWilson gave us, you know, the black psychologist who taught us how do you awaken the natural genius of the black child. Right? These are books that, that I, I consider to be my, my teaching Bible and I carry them around. He has a series of books. That are, that are about how do you do that? And I just took him at his word, and I've been applying these principles over 11 years, and I realized they work. They work because there's something fundamental about learning um, and shining, and if we can give that to the kids, we can allow them to grow, right? We facilitate that. 
And um, I think it's really powerful. I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, my take, and I think the word educate means to bring forth. But it mm-hmm. seems that the system we have in this country is more of indoctrination, which means to put in. That's right. Can you comment on That's that? Right. I can. I can. And if I get a little loud, you're going to have to pipe me down. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was talking to <laughs> I do have the tendency. Um, I was talking to some teachers um, about Black History Month and why we need to do something for the kids, right? I'm in a school where there's never had a program before. There was never an opportunity to have a celebration. There wasn't even a lesson done on it in the classroom in the month of February. And I argued as my first year at this new school, they need something. We owe it to them. Um, and one of the teachers said, you sound so angry. And I said, I am. And we should all be because these children have been disenfranchised and their parents and their parents' parents and their parents' parents' parents since the founding of the American school, which was not founded for them. It was founded for uh-huh. others. And laws have been established to keep us from reading. And laws have been established to keep us out of the classroom. And law, Right? So there's a history of underperformance and underachievement, but not because we haven't wanted it and not because we haven't tried, because we haven't been allowed to. So anger is appropriate, but action is required. So what are we going to do? Everybody kind of shut up, and we planned something, and they dropped the ball, and I had to carry it out. Um, And the kids, 93% of them performed original skits that they wrote um, and poems on their impact of learning about uh, innovators of color. And they had something to say. And they said it. And it's just an example of exposure, right? Um, the people mm-hmm. we're competing with in, 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 on, in, you know, in, in industry, right, um, they have a head start, not because of inherent intelligence, but because of socialization and institutional racism. And oh, actually, boy. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Right? So yeah, yeah. Um, how do you fix it? How do you fix it, right? If, if the problem has been presented, and it has, how do you fix it? I argue what my elders have argued, and it's you create opportunity. You don't sit around, you know, bitching and moaning about how bad the problem is. We've done that already. And there's a place for that. And there are even people for that. I've been in those circles, and I took a guy out of them um, because they're depressing, right? If we can't do something, we might as well shut up and roll over. Um, but that's not even uh-huh. in our spirit because we've always been fighting. So my response is, you know, what kind? What have I been given? Because I've grown up with a, I'm 43, and I've been given since I was too young to understand what it meant. Be a credit to your people. Do not be a curse be a credit to your people. And it took me maybe in, 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 into my mid-20s to understand who my people were and what it meant to be a credit. And it means service, right? Maya says, when you learn, teach. And when you get, give. So as a, as a teacher, I have access to, to children during the day, but my curriculum is given to me by the state. As educators and concerned community people, we all have to give the thing we're passionate about, create an opportunity, open the doors, 
invite the kids in and teach them our best. And so we're having um, at uh, a school called the Learning Tree in the Bronx, we're having a pie day and brain awareness day this Saturday for four hours. And we're um, giving the children, whoever comes, opportunity to do math games and um, learn about math and how it's a part of our world, lots of activities, all hands-on. The same thing with the brain, puzzles, um, mini lectures on what the brain does and how it does it and what the parts are and uh, brain dissections. So so, so a few hours of enrichment, but as an opportunity to let the community know we're here and if you want to continue learning, we'll provide these opportunities going forward every few months just for the children. Come out and learn um, because mm-hmm. we, we learn by doing. We learn by doing. It's an, it's, Can you talk? Can you tell it's us a, a simple bit, idea, but we don't do it enough. Yes, sure. Can you tell us a little bit more about the nonprofit foundation that you founded? Sure. So it's very, very new. Um, it's called Synaptic Foundation. That's a play on um, the word synaptic that ends with a C. Um, in the nonprofit, it's spelled S-Y-N-A-P-T-I-K, and it stands for STEAM, Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math. So STEAM Youth Neuroscience Apprenticeship Program to Increase Knowledge. And the goal is a mouthful. <laughs> but the goal is to train young people um, from ages 5 and up the basics of neuroscience, so the science of the brain, how it works at the molecular level, so them becoming experts of chemistry and biology and biochemistry. They model in 3D using 3D prototyping technology. Um, all really all the parts that make the brain work. So we're talking about protein. We're talking about chemicals. We're talking about the science of addiction. So we're modeling um, in 3D drug molecules, nicotine, caffeine, cocaine, THC, which is the active ingredient in marijuana. And, sh- and the children are you know, making these models, but they're also understanding that these molecules have an impact on the brain because they bind to a protein that's endogenous to the brain or naturally occurring, and they happen to fit because they have similar shapes. And that's why these chemicals have an effect on the brain because addiction is a brain disease. And so they get to learn why they should just say no. Not, Not the phrase, because who does that, right? I mean, I was young before, um, and while I didn't experiment, um, I understood that my family members who were addicted um, to marijuana, oh, yeah. to cocaine, um, that that it had a negative impact on the family. And as children, you don't understand what's going on. You can't imagine why, you know, dad, who is loving and responsible, would all of a sudden become the person who sells everything in the house. Right, so so it, it it really planted a seed in me that one, um, drugs are not, drugs are not things that that I should do, um, but two, how do I heal by understanding what's going on at the chemical level? And I think there's a place for that kind of understanding in the in our community for our children, because drugs are touching um, our lives, and and you can be empowered if you understand, but you can be more empowered. Um, because a nonprofit provides an opportunity for you to, you know, you go through the, the, the workshops and the training, 
and you create um, 3D models for teaching. You create a PowerPoint, and then you go out and you give public speaking in the community. Let me interrupt you a moment. I'd like to bring our uh, producer, Leslie Gish, on, who herself is an electronics teacher. Are you there, Leslie? Oh, wonderful. You there, Leslie? Yes, I'm here. I'm so excited I forgot to take my phone off of mute. (laughs) I I think what you're doing, uh, LaVon, is wonderful. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Great. I mean, I want to congratulate you on the great work you're doing in the classroom. Oh, thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, I just want to make sure you can understand me. Am I clear? Yeah, very clear. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, okay. I teach electronics um, in a high school, a vocational school, a technical school. And I've been doing it uh, nearly 20 years. And mm-hmm. I happened to to read a book about neuroscience and wireless communications for uh, mm-hmm. uh, people who are paralyzed and for a way right. of creating prosthetic arms where yeah. the uh, brain can communicate with the prosthetic limbs Wirelessly. That's right. And I went to a lecture about three years ago at Cooper Union, which is a historical place um, in New York School. I'm very familiar. And Mm -hmm. I was fascinated um, by this technology. And um, what are your thoughts on using the brain wirelessly to communicate, you know, with prosthetic limbs? Well, so so you're making me incredibly excited. I'm just tell you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, so the, the brain is is really a miracle, right? There are more connections mm-hmm. that the brain is able to make. That there are stars in the sky. It's kind of crazy, mm-hmm. but true. Mm-hmm. So, so does the brain have that power? Absolutely. And can this technology be produced? Absolutely. Can our children be behind? the research and development of these things, if they are even told this is an avenue that they can go down for a career, absolutely. But we have to be there on the front end. Correct. So they can get into the program. They have the foundational knowledge. They have the skills. Um, They can code switch, right? They have the executive functioning skills. They can get attacks started. They can learn. All these things we have to show them so that they can go out there and use their creativity and their ability to stick with problems, right? I mean, we we already have documented that um, we have the the capacity to problem solve and to stick with a problem um, for a very, very, very long period of time. So we have that that ability to, to, to stick with something and solve problems. We just the the kids are using their energies in ways that don't produce anything for them. Now you so I know I you're familiar with I think I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. Right. Now I know you're familiar with Doctor Ben Carson. Unfortunately he's been in the news for political reasons. But um I use him in the classroom as an inspiration and so do I. <laughs> right. And can you just 
tell the audience about who he is and, you know, why he is so famous? Gladly. So um, that's one of the films that we watch, uh, The Gifted Hand Story. Um, and so Ben Carson, uh, little boy, born in Detroit, uh, entrenched in poverty, um, had, a, had an older brother, single-parent mom who struggled with depression. All this is laid out in the book and in, and in the film. Um, but he had some natural abilities that teachers recognized over time. He had a mother who, while she couldn't read herself, encouraged Ben and his brother to go to the library regularly and write um, two book reports on a regular basis and really get into expanding their knowledge, having a healthy respect for knowing things. Um, so he became, you know, the top kid in his middle school when he started really getting into that space in his head where he could respect his own intelligence. Um, and then he went to high school and became a top kid there, and then he went on to college um, and then got into medical school and, be, and is the top neurosurgeon in the world, hands down. He was the first to successfully separate conjoined twins, twins born connected at the brain and the skull. And and so other surgeons had attempted to separate and had successfully separated, but one of the twins always died. So this is one of the one of the most groundbreaking um really advancement and, and, and that he is a black man, most students are um, amazed. And and this is information that, that is current. Ben Carson is very much alive and he's running for president, as you were saying. Um, but most students don't know his story. And um, yeah. some of the students wrote skits on his story for Black History Month, and, and it was very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't have any more questions uh, outside of, you know, just Ben Carson and the technology of using, you know, the brain for wireless communications. Are you familiar with some of the videos that show people thinking and with their thoughts being able to move their limbs? I've seen um, there's a show on the History Channel that's called The Brain. And there, mm. there, there's a, I don't know if you've seen that one. You might have. But there's a, a maybe a three to four minute um, there's expose, if you will, about how um, prosthetics have changed and how brain input is being used to move limbs. And so that, that was the first I, I'd seen of it. Um, and that's available now. It's on YouTube. Um, so that's as much mm-hmm. as I know about it. Okay. All right. Anything you want to say to wrap up the show? Uh, I hope people will come out to our event uh, this Saturday, one to five, at the Learning Tree, which is on the Gun Hill Road or the Bronxwood side of Gun Hill Road and White Plains Road. Uh, the address is 801 Bartoli Street. It's uh, the Learning Tree from 1 to 5, and it's going to be Pi Day celebration and activities and Brain Awareness Day celebration and activities. 
So bring the children. Where, what website can we visit to get more information? Uh, we're working on putting that up this week, but people can definitely email me at Lavon, L-A-V-O-N-N-E, dot hunter at gmail.com, and I can send out the flyer. I can answer more questions. Um, I'm definitely available. Excellent. Anything, uh, Mr. Washington? No, um, I've got the email address, uh, L-A-V-O-N-N-E, period, Hunter, at gmail.com. Uh, I'm very interested Perfect. in the brain and drug addiction, uh, being a drug and alcohol awesome. counselor. And, uh, oh, great. I've got a ton of questions here, but you. I'll... Uh, I'm sorry? I have some models for you. Great. I will be in touch with you by email. And uh, we'll definitely, uh, <laughs> I'll definitely want to talk to you about uh, the brain and addiction, most okay. assuredly. That's all I have, Leslie. Okay. Well, we'll have you back on for sure because we know that you're doing great things and we want to make sure we keep uh, keep updating your success and your progress. Each one, teach one. I appreciate the two of you for having me and and allowing me to share. Um, I appreciate it. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. That concludes our show this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Again, these shows are available via iTunes at www.blackhistoryblog.com. My name is Preston Washington. Good night. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.